Welcome to Bite Size Jazz, a podcast with a taste of new albums and new artists. I'm your host, Stephanie Steele. Thanks for joining me. On this episode, we're listening to the New York-based pianist, composer, and band leader, Stephen Feifke. He just released a new single, Kinetic, the title track from his album that is set to be released in April. Kinetic energy is like this, more or less, it's an imaginary force. You can't see it, you can't feel it, but if you ever see like a boulder um, at the top of a hill that's like teetering a little bit, like you can see like how much energy something has. So. I got to thinking, you know, I, the, the last record I released under my own name, I released in 2015, um, and it's called Peace and Time. And, it, I, you know, I released that and I just kind of dove into writing and arranging as a side person for different projects, different singers, different instrumentalists, big band, orchestral, whatnot. And throughout that time, I started working around town with my big band, just, you know, I, I, I needed my own artistic outlet. Um, so I was really fortunate to hold for almost two and a half years a, a monthly residency at a club downtown called the Django. I started thinking, you know, like this band has so much energy, you know, it go, it gets on stage and it's just like a bunch, it's like 18 musicians who all just like, you know, especially at the Django, it's such a hip spot. You know, I tell, like, I always tell my band, like the dress code, it's not suit and tie. It's like, I say it's hip, but formal. So whatever that is, so like whatever you see, like all these people that may or may not even be guests, like at the club, just go on stage and everybody's hanging out, talking to each other. And then I count off the first tune and all of a sudden, like this kinetic energy just just turns like this potential energy, like kinetic energy is the moment that potential energy turns into real energy. So that's like the idea behind the name. Um, it has something to do with the fact that it's been six years since I released new music. It has something to do with the fact that um, stored energy and like getting a ball you know getting the ball rolling that was that was kind of like my 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 uh, inspiration for titling that track and also the whole album connected so why big band i mean i feel like i don't see a lot of young people composing for big band so why did you choose that because you've worked with the big band for a lot of years right um you know i was always fascinated by the sound of the big band my first jazz record was Quentin Kelly, Kelly Blue, and then I got a couple of McCoy Tyner CDs, and I was loving everything. Um, uh, those are my early, early influences, but then I heard um, Count Basie's album called The Atomic Count Basie. That's arranged by Neil Hefty, and I became fascinated with the sound of the ensemble. Like The sound of the big band is like the track, the sound of America in a lot of ways, um, that in the studio orchestra. He started writing for the ensembles around him even as soon as high school. The first group he wrote for was the Septet, which resulted in his first album, Peace and Time. And then he just kept adding more instruments until it finally just made sense to have a big band. I booked a gig for my band at the 92Y Tribeca um, without having any music formally written for a big band that I wanted to play. <laughs> and I basically it gave me a deadline to, to get the ball rolling. Um, there it is again, the ball rolling. Seems like that's a timely theme for me somehow. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote some arrangements. Um, I, you know, I think you also interviewed Benny Benack the third. Benny's mm-hmm. my former roommate. Um, 
And so we, I wrote that arrangement for him and I wrote like some other arrangements, my favorite things. And I, and basically like my book just started to develop and I started to get more and more fascinated. And I dove into Duke Ellington, I dove into Thad Jones and I dove into Maria Schneider and I dove into like Bob Brookmeyer. And I ended up studying with Jim McNeely and Gil Goldstein. And I found out that Gil Goldstein arranged for Michael Brecker and for the SF Jazz Collective, like records that I'd been listening to my entire life. So that's like kind of how I started writing for the ensemble, but really it just started with a fascination and a love of like that wall of sound. The full album won't be released until April 2021, and while it'll have a few arrangements of jazz standards, the album will mostly consist of Stephen Fifekey originals. What was most appealing about composition when you first got into it, when you first started writing for all these bands and that you were around? Um. Well, when I was a kid, I, I mean, I started like most piano players do in classical studies. And um, I just for the life of me, I could not like get the music to come alive by reading it from a page. And I just found that for me, I connected more with music that I could create in the moment, music that I could write. He says his first formal piano teacher, Susan Capestro, was the one who encouraged him to start composing. She instructed me to compose by imagery. So she would say things like, play me a waterfall. And like any kid, like the first thing I do is just go like that. And she would say like, okay, now that's great. But what happens when the water hits the bottom? And so she would kind of walk me through this idea of like telling a story musically at a time in my life, like at a time in my musical development, where that's not something that I ever thought was like unnatural. So I connected really very seriously with that idea of expression and telling a story through composition at a young age. And I think that combined with the fact that I was pretty shy as a kid, um, that the, the ability to express myself and to tell a story, my own story through musical composition and create these worlds where I'm the only one that really knows what I mean and then have everybody else kind of like, you know, devise their own meaning, if that makes any sense. Like that, for me as a kid, that was something that I really connected with. And as I got older, um, I just wanted to, not wanted to, I just, it was, it, it became ingrained in me from a very young age and I just um, have always done it. The lessons he learned from Susan are now passed on through his own students. Teaching was one of his first gigs when he came to New York, back in the days when he was running all over Manhattan teaching kids through the Piano School of New York City. Since then, he's created his own piano studio, now taught via Zoom, and recently released a book called The Ultimate Guide to Jazz Piano Voicings. Basically, like, these students were asking me, like, how do you approach voicing this stuff? And I just kept on writing out page after page, and I, you know, and I sent, and I would send it to my studio. And then I thought to myself, you know, like this could work really well as an ebook. This could work like maybe other people would would want this. Like maybe somebody can't afford to study with me privately. Like maybe they want to learn some of the stuff, some of the ways that I think about these things, but they they can't afford to take the, you know, to be a part of the studio, that kind of thing. And I'd already released another book called 16 Bebop Etudes for Jazz Piano. Um, kind of with that same approach, like things that I would be writing for my students that I just thought that other people might be able to benefit from. Um, and you know, this, the stuff that I put in these books are literally the way that I think about conceptualizing these topics. You can find the book on his website, stephenfifekey.com. 
Stephen is generous both as an educator and as a performer. As soon as everything started shutting down, he started a quarantine concert series with saxophonist Alexa Tarantino. We've raised around ten thousand dollars for organizations that have that we think you know make the world a better place. Whether it's COVID nineteen musician relief funds. Um, supporting Black Lives Matter movement, we've raised money for New York City jazz clubs that have really done a lot for both of our careers.、Um, you know, places that are struggling to pay their rent, basically.、Um, so in that way, it's been a really awesome opportunity to be able to give back as well as to dive into some duo repertoire. I think that we are lucky to be in, in a position where we can give back in New York City, especially. But I think you know, globally, the jazz community is such a open. Um, warm community that, and, and you know, there's a lot of give and take that goes on. You know, just the more you give, the more you get. So we, because we were able to,、uh, you know, I think that it was something that was important to both of us just to be able to give 25% of all of our proceeds back. We aren't the only ones who were hit by the COVID-19 pandemic. Like everybody's been hit super hard. It felt natural to to give back to COVID-19 musician relief funds, and then you know, as events around us changed. Um, the organizations that we decided needed or would benefit most from from what we could give back、um, changed with that, and so we just have you know kept that that twenty five percent going the whole time, and that's to me at least the most rewarding part of the concert series for sure. You can tune into those concerts every Sunday night at eight p.m. Eastern Time or six p.m. Mountain Standard Time. They're broadcast over Crowdcast.net. You can find a link at either AlexaTarantino.com or StephenFiveKey.com. We've been listening to an interview with pianist Stephen FiveKey about his new single Kinetic, the title track for his album that is set to be released in April 2021. Check out the song on any major streaming platform. Or consider supporting his music by buying the track on iTunes, Amazon Music, or his website, StephenFiveKey.com. I'm Stephanie Steele. Thanks for listening to Bite Size Jazz.